Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Under Pressure Outdoors is brought to you in part by Hasmore Outdoor Products. Hasmore Outdoor Products manufactures quality replacement seats for a multitude of climber brands as well as a host of other products built with the hunter in mind. Take it from us. Your butt will thank you and you'll be able to spend more hours in your stand. Hop over to their website by clicking on the link in the podcast description and order the tree stand trick out kit for your stand today and you'll have everything you need to hunt longer and harder. Make sure you use code UPO15 at checkout to get 15% off your next order. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. You think your hair will come back? Give a fuck about that. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, if I wanted the hair, I'd just go pay a guy to put it on. <laughs> I want to find Jim a toupee on Amazon. <laughs> uh, that ain't gonna happen. But I'm fucking a pair of Crocs to go. All I need to do, I need to get down to about two twenty my fighting weight. I'll be aerodynamic, Bill for speed. <laughs> Hydrodynamic. Hydrodynamic. Back in the pool. Oh, only got about seventy pounds to go. So now I guess we can officially announce the date for the crawfish boil. So who's got a calendar? It is uh, May. It is May 27th. May 27th. So it's the last Saturday in May. Yep. Crawdads. Crawfish boil. And the mud bug bash poker run. Yes, sir. So we're doing it big this year. Going back with Tin Can again. Uh, we teamed up with Tin Can and Fast Duck Motors, and we're going to do a mud run. Um, I guess that's going to take place on Lake Monroe, huh? Yep. I forget what the name of the spring is. There, uh, There's a nice spring off Lake Monroe, and there's some Gemini. Little... Gemini, yeah. Gem- yeah. Gemini Springs. Gemini Springs. It's a nice little spring. Um, and then there's some nice little trails back to there, and you can kind of run around the edge of the lake, too. But some decent little trails back there by Gemini Springs. They're still open to any boat. Well, I say any boat, you know, don't bring your, don't think you're going to run your, like. Cabin cruiser. Cabin cruiser through there. Yeah. Any moderately smaller size boat. John, John boats yeah. and smaller. Yeah. You uh. can, you can bring your, uh, your 18 foot John boat or whatever. You're fine. Yeah, that, that's what I'll be rolling. Yeah. Just if you can get a. <clears throat> Smaller bass boat. I'm assuming a bass boat. You probably like could get it like a tracker or whatever back in there. Well, it's more designed. You you think shallow draft more than you yeah. think uh, length of the boat because mm. shoot, you can get a 25 foot flats boat and get it around in there because it's only got a draft of like a foot foot and yeah. a half maybe. But the point is, we're doing a crawfish boil right with a poker run. So somebody's probably going to walk out of there with. Mm, some fifteen hundred bucks in cash, maybe, or some cash. hellacious hunts. We haven't figured that out. Yeah, probably going to give away the first top top three poker hands. You're going to go from place to place to place. You're going to draw one card at each station. Best hand wins. Five card stud poker. No cheating. 
No cheating. No cheating. Though I did introduce the idea of maybe when everybody gets back, if you want to buy an extra card or buy two cards, we could sell sell cards for trade a card. Twenty bucks or not yeah. trade. Well yeah, you gotta buy it yeah. though. And you could take another draw just for another draw. Right. right. Yeah. To try to upgrade your hand. So it'd be not quite stud, but I don't know. That might be too complicated. But somebody's getting some cash. Yeah, cash, guns, hunts, something, something, or everything. It's all to be determined. There's a yeah. there's a prize list that hasn't quite been worked out yet amongst. Because on top of that, there's going to be raffle prizes as always, and uh, an enormous amount of crawfish as always. And for the dozens of you that have been asking us for things like Yeti or the what do you call it the those kick ass coolers that your mom the cups that your mom made for you yeah. And the oh, yeah. hats and maybe some some cool shirts and whatnot for all those of you that have been asking about the UPO gear that we're genuinely touched you're asking about, we will be loaded. So there'll be plenty of stuff to purchase while you're there, buy your tickets, show up, get raffle more tickets. raffle tickets, some UPO gear, some t-shirts, hopefully some t-shirts for the poker run. So we had quite And you're going to fill your belly on some fresh Louisiana Crawfish. We ain't playing Bugs. this year. No. no. No playing. Yep. Anybody got a line on a covered trailer? Maybe. Probably be easier than throwing a, a truck bed full of them suckers. <laughs> I might. Yeah. I I'd, might just be able to maybe. I don't know. We'll see what we can do. Because we're going to drive Louisiana. The, the big trick in keeping them alive is keeping the air off of them. How big a trailer can uh, Ridge tow? You put them I in the Yetis, can't you? You can, but you only yeah, fit, depends you only on fit so many I mean, Yetis in the bed of a truck. Yeah, it might yeah. not. It might not just be rigids. You stack them things up like Legos and ratchet strap them in. There you go. Uh, yeah, but we'll see. Look like one of them old boys hauling pallets. Yeah. I want to see sparks coming off the axles anytime you hit a bump, man. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, uh, we still have the wood duck box build, or yep. not build, but finally putting them out in the water in yeah. February. Yeah. February 25th out of Hickory Point Park. No. Yes. Yep. You're right. That's in Tavares. In Tavares. So went out this Sunday and scouted out, give or take 17 or 18 spots, uh, down off of, um, I don't know if I'm going to name the lake right now. Got about 17 spots. Probably going to go out Sunday since it's not, now, now I'm going to go out and hunt with Keefe. And, uh, I'm going to hunt the last weekend of duck season. Do I have a boat? Oh, I don't know. If I have a I boat, know. I might be canceling on uh, Keith. <laughs> but sorry, Keith. If not, I'm hunting Seminole Forest tomorrow morning or Saturday morning. And then Sunday, I'll go out and scout some more spots. And uh, hopefully, we'll knock that out. And then after that comes the Ducks uh, Unlimited, Ducks Unlimited Dinner. Yep, that is April 21st at 9 p.m. That's a Friday night. Yep. That is a Friday night. Plenty of time for recovery. Right. So you don't have to come there and have a great time and worry about yeah. going to work Wednesday morning. I would say, but yep. please do be safe, though, because the cups are bottomless. So if you <laughs> intend to drink, make sure you have a DD. A DD or an Uber. Yeah. It's in Sumterville, I'm so you're probably... Uber. It's going to be a costly Uber. Uh-oh. Not as costly too. as losing your license. Yeah, that's yeah. true. 
no matter how much that Uber is, it's cheaper than a DUI. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ain't no ten thousand dollar. Yeah. I'm sure you can get Uber. a ten thousand dollar Uber. Maybe. Yeah, to like Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think you have to go that far. Oh. And then uh, May 3rd through the 7th, we have the 5th Annual Swanee River Fishing Expedition. We have a 5-day, which will be the 3rd through the 7th. And then we also have a 3-day. So for the 3-day, you'll be meeting us at Lafayette Blue Springs State Park. And the 5-day, you'll be meeting us at Swanee River or... Spring, yes, Swanee River Spring State Park. Oh, we have an announcement, though. Jordan, what single place can somebody go using the interweb to see all this stuff now? Oh, upionation.co. Uh, yeah. That's right. Upionation.co. Yep. Jim's we, even got some recipes up there and an article. Two articles. Two articles, yeah, that's right. Two articles. We got all of our hats up there for sale that we have in stock right now. You can buy our hats on the website. And there's... Oh, uh, and there's stickers. Stickers. 14-inch logo stickers. So we'll work on getting more stuff up there as we can go. But, Jim, what do you got? Like four recipes up there? So I'm pulling those up right now to remember what I put up since I put them up at 2 o'clock in the oh, morning. Oh, and <laughs> you can listen to the podcast on the website. Right correct? on. So if you go to the what what's cooking section, you can see the recipe on whole smoked duck. You can see uh, a killer recipe on ham, whether you want to do bone in or bone out. Uh, there is a recipe on braised squirrel in Catalan suffragette reduction straight out of Spain. And then uh, wild game pastrami. And lastly, if you dare, venison Ribs. Did you say squirrel? A squirrel recipe out of Spain. Mm-hmm. You think they uh, Spanish squirrels, Spanish Spain? squirrels do a lot of squirrel hunting in Spain? They may not, but I ripped out. I ripped off their cooking style and made up a kick-ass squirrel. recipe. Uh, that one was actually picked up by Filson at one point with Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and was uh, pu- published out at one point across the country. I don't know if it's still up though. Awesome. I was yeah. I was a little had the feather in the cap. I have to give that a shot. I think I've got. Uh... Six or seven squirrels in the freezer right now. I've been saving them until I got a good bunch, and then because uh, Rylan's been itching to eat some some squirrel. Shit, that's more than we killed as a group in in Seminole last, last <laughs> that, Saturday. Uh, there are squirrels. <laughs> there are squirrels from Florida. There are squirrels from Georgia. There are squirrels from early this season. There are squirrels from. Uh, they're they're all frozen in different bags. But <laughs> <laughs> most of the bags have one squirrel in them. But hey. I got to make it work. So check out the site. Yeah, check yeah. it out. And keep coming back. And we again, that is upionation.co. So upionation.co. Yeah. And it ain't quite perfect yet because if you haven't figured out, technology experts, we ain't. Yeah. Oh, and I'm pretty sure uh, there's a link on the website straight to Hasmar Outdoor Products. There is. At the bottom, there is, there is a link straight to Hasmar. It says check out our sponsors or shop our sponsors. So before we get any further into this, let's, uh, let's talk about who we got around the table. I'm your host, Will Krebs. We have Briar making a, reoccur- uh, a reappearance now. I'm back. <sighs> yeah, Briar has been here with us pretty regularly recently. This is the first time he's been here yeah. in a while. I thought he's been, he was here like... Uh, three weeks ago. Two, three weeks ago. Damn, time's flying. And then before December. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, we farmed him out to Cornerstone Construction to straighten out their operations for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't he's a, a concrete phone. guy now. He's I'm going to get a phone call on that comment. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Jordan in here. I'm here. We man. got Jim. You. And we got our old good buddy Tyke out in California. Hello. And uh, Hello, everybody. <laughs> we are Tyking his 12 pack there. So there's only two out of it. So. Let's say it's a 10 pack now. <laughs> yeah. So can't count. <laughs> this week we're going to cover the primary, secondary, and tertiary forms of communication in the backcountry. Because if you've been spent really any time in the woods, you've realized that <laughs> I don't have cell phone signal. So obviously, without saying much to it, cell phones would be your primary form of communication but they do fail quite often your batteries die pretty quick you don't have cell phone signal and when it comes to simple things like <clears throat> killing a deer and needing some help you can't get a hold of your buddies you have to move to where you got cell phone signal and hope they do or so on and so forth so i don't know there's much to be said about cell phones i think most of the majority of our time is going to be spent in the secondary yeah i mean yeah now I was gonna say communication wise, even if you don't have signal, you still have GPS. Uh, should still have GPS on your phone, so you can at least know where you're at. Right. Right. I don't know. I mean, do the phones roam anymore? I, they do. I don't know. Do they? But it all depends on your billing plan. I don't think it matters like it used to matter. I'm yeah. just curious. Back like, in the day, so. Can you dial nine one one without cell phone signal? Well, it pick, I'm sure it would pick up something if it could and send it out. I think so because you can, you can. I know you can. Like making, like if somebody found me laying somewhere on the side of the road, they can pull my phone up. And, well, you make an SOS call. Yeah, yeah, they but can, that's still dependent that. on the signal, right? There is something that's being transmitted. That's why things like Onyx and whatnot work. Yeah. Where you can download the map, turn off all of your Wi-Fi and crap like that, yeah. but it will still it still knows where you well, are on that map. That's, that's GPS. GPS. That's satellite right. signal. Yeah. So I don't know. But whatever's transmitting that, probably I would hope, communicates an emergency band, but I don't know. Who knows? I don't. Uh, I don't even. No. No, I'll say it doesn't because I've been in backcountry areas where you are not calling anybody. It doesn't matter what number you put in there. It's not going anywhere. Mm. You know, a lot of the places we go, we actually use the the radios for uh, for primary communication, and we'll generally because we've been there a few times, we'll have spots marked on our Onyx map that'll show us where we can go to get cell signal. But most communications done on the radios. Then if we need cell phone, that's kind of our secondary. We go to these certain points that uh, we know we can get a call out. Well, say that's I've never thought about doing that though. That's really not a bad idea. That if you're gonna go, it you know, like Tyke said, you would have to do it more than once, but mark a spot where you know you can get signal. That's that's a pretty good idea. Well, I mean, you don't have to do it more than once. You have to be cognizant of you know when you stop. If you're gonna stop somewhere, you look at your phone. If you've got signal market there as a spot with cell phone signal to track back to if you need to yeah um and then yeah. on x makes it really nice because you're gonna share those points with everybody in your group so you can just share those points and then everybody going has the same cell phone points and all that but most of the time you're not getting any phone calls out just not gonna happen 
No, what Tyke's referring to though with having all that pre- preparation is really your part of your backcountry communication and, and even why, if you notice whenever we write up that Swanee trip, I don't know if you've paid attention, but the reason that I list each one of the places you're going, that's essentially a float plan. Right. Letting people know where you're going to be, when you're supposed to be there, so that if all of a sudden you're not there, people have a reasonable place of knowing where to start looking for you. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got about a 50-mile mi- swath of river to try and find you in. Well, we do the same thing when we go in backcountry. Yep. You know, we'll go over with my wife and, you know, everybody who's going, any, their, their family. We'll show them on the map where we're going to be when we're planning on coming back. So at least they've got something if we don't show up. They know they have something, a map they can take into the Forest Service and, and have them have a starting point to look for us. Yeah, I try to give my wife uh, before I leave, like, <clears throat> these are the coordinates uh, around where I should be. Doesn't mean I'm going to be exactly on that spot, but that's a great starting point if you need to find me. Because inevitably, I'm probably going to move, especially if it's just for a day or a weekend hunt. I'm going to move away from there, but I don't generally go that far. And if I did go that far and I still have cell phone signal, I'll just text her again. Hey, we moved. We're over here. That way she knows. And my wife knows that generally when I'm, if I'm going to go like for a day or if I have cell phone signal at night, that if I haven't called her by, if she hasn't heard from me in 24 hours, then try and get a hold of me. Other than that, she doesn't call me. Life limb or eyesight. Yeah, you <laughs> it, it all seems like belts on suspenders until you're the one out there alone. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> right. And I mean, especially when you are truly alone by yourself, you're the only one there. And busted up. And it's, uh, your it's, arm's stuck in a rock and you got to cut your arm off. <sighs> Drink your own urine. <clears throat> Something like that. Squeeze, know, squeeze water out of buffalo. You tell me poop. that's not a thing that y'all regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Did you ever watch that movie? I watched the movie the dude that cut his own arm off. Yeah, I see, I've seen. I mean, it's a, a true event. And you brought that up, and then I referenced a couple Bear Grylls things, like drinking yeah. your own urine and, and squeezing water out of buffalo. Poop. Squeezing water out of out of poop. He did like, all those things. I watched him do it. Yeah, I don't believe he drank it though. You don't believe he drank <laughs> no, it? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> that dude, was I country time. That, that was country not. time lemonade. Okay. <laughs> what about? Okay, the Survivor Man dude that goes out by himself and self Okay, that the whole guy show. was even faker. How? That no, guy was Les the, Stroud. That guy. That Le, no, Les Stroud's one, legit, but the he guy did have a that did the crew. one where he filmed him himself was the biggest whiny baby. And like, if he's like, "Hey, that's quicksand. Don't get in that," right? So he walks around it. Bear Grylls is like, "Hey, that's quicksand. Don't get in that." Now watch me jump in it and tell you how to get out of it. Yeah, because Survivor in. Man was by himself. Okay? Yeah, Bear Grylls was there with a fucking camera, camera crew. crew. Yeah, <laughs> filming things three I hated, times. I hated watching that guy that filmed himself. He whined about everything. Yeah, because he was because he was really suffering. Yeah, I hated it. It was terrible. Bear Grylls wasn't suffering. He slept in a tent at night with a oh, tent. He yeah. was in a hotel. <laughs> no, he'd show you how to set up a thing in the Everglades to like. Sleep on these branches, and then he'd go over and stay in the Marriott. Come on. Listen, listen, if we're going to talk about a real survival show, all right, then we should really be talking about Naked and Afraid. I was going to say Naked and Afraid, yeah. And the treacherous time they spent in around the the Wakiva River in in the Seminole Forest. Yeah, sure. The bears. 
the they, bears were going to eat them. They really did that? Yes. You don't yeah. know that they oh, did yeah. an episode they in, in Seminole Forest on the Wekaiba? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. The, oh, man. It was so overplayed. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, you, we have to, we have to yeah, find they, it. You have to find it and watch it. They they stayed in the Marriott, for sure. No, I don't believe that they stayed out there, but they made it sound so much worse than it was. I'm like, I, you're really listen, not. I really, I can tell you right now, though, I genuinely don't want to be naked in Seminole Forest at night because the mosquitoes are <laughs> no. god awful. <laughs> well, I mean, hang on. Right now. Let's put them in Emerald of Mars. Show me a scenario. Show me a scenario where you are butt naked and lost in the woods. Nobody's going to steal your clothes, man, and then drop you off in the middle of nowhere. And if they do, you probably deserved it. Probably. <laughs> I don't know how many children have been conceived on that show. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it not. better have been the first day, because after a couple, <laughs> everybody started to stank. <laughs> you know, but I, man, I don't care. You you take a man and a woman, put them naked in proximity around each other for 30 minutes, for 30 days. <laughs> 30 days alone. Oh, I don't think they're out there for... Th- are they out there for 30 days? I don't know, man. I don't think but it's for 30 days. I think it's for like four days, three well, or four They're days. there until, somebody, until both people quit. Mm. It ain't 30 days. Whatever, man. You know at some point they're like, come on. You got to be curious. <laughs> Sharing body warmth. I mean, come on, man. Sharing body warmth and some of those cold things. There's yeah, no they're, way. They're talking Anyway, about it's popping we're, up. we're outside of communication here. We've talked about the cell phone. And Tyke to mention radios. This we, is this is where we really brought yeah, Tyke in at. So we run the Balfangs. When you talk in walkie talk, we talk in radios. Your average walkie talkie operates on what is called the FRS channels, the Family Radio Service, which is that's just is that that's just one through fourteen, correct? Yeah, and then GMRS is a, a different. A different thing. It's tech, GMRS is technically licensed, but it's like this postcard you fill out and mail to the FCC, and then you're licensed. You literally don't have uh, to mail it. You can get on the FCC's website, pay thirty bucks, and you get the license for ten years. Now, there you go. the uh, the GMRS though. So you have some radios that come with like fourteen to twenty-two, or or one to twenty-two. Technically, fifteen to twenty-two are GMRS. Uh, channels. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Sp- you're speaking Greek to me. You might want to. Mention. So I think these are Chinese. channels or frequencies you're speaking. Right. GMRS stands for General Mobile Radio Service. You can get the license for thirty dollars through the FCC, and that covers you and your immediate family to operate in the given frequencies for General Mobile Radio Service. Average walkie-talkie in a in an open environment. Well, you know, you, you read the package and it says, oh, two miles. If in perfect conditions, like flat desert without a tree inside, two, two miles across a lake. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But two miles through the woods, uh-uh. not going to happen. Um, so because you got to think about the, the radio interference of the trees you are going to play. Uh, any kind of terrain is going to play into that trees mountains, hills, if you're trying to talk out of a valley across another hill, all that stuff is going to play into that. Which, when you go and you step into a higher wattage like GMRS, then you're able to push through some of that to a, to more, to a better degree because you're, you're just putting more power out there. 
so you can push a little further through trees and it'll negate some of that terrain. Now, it's not an end-all be-all. So what 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 do we need for the guy that wants to be like uh, WA2ADL, uh, this is NG, NG, or come in, whatever. I need some shit tickets in a hurry. I'm over here. Out. What, what do you need for that? Licensure-wise. Uh, tech. That's I, what I, I think I think everybody who's probably listening to this podcast and wants to do backcountry communications and use radio as a secondary means of communication, all you're going to need is a, is a tech license. Um, you're probably not going to carry HF gear on your back, although you could. I have it. I don't carry it. I have it. But I ain't setting that shit up, though. You could literally carry a roll of wire with you and your Baofeng and throw it into a tree and drag it up there. And you could take your transmission distance from a mile to 15 if you could get an antenna 20 feet in the air. That's pretty good. So you put some 550 cord and a piece of wire and an, and your antenna a piece of coax with your antenna on it throw it up there and and yeah you can it, it line of sight is king when it comes to vhf so transmit power will overcome trees maybe some but line of sight's king so the higher you can get your antenna in space not in relation to where you stand you know, if you're in a valley and you pull your antenna into a tree, you'll do better. But if you can climb to the top of the mountain and then pull your antenna into a tree, you're you can probably talk to, you know, Stockton. So, Tyke, give me these the Balfang radios, ham radios in general require licensure, like we talked about with the GMRS uh, requiring a license to the FCC. Give me a brief overview of the ham license, the, the tiers of a ham license. Uh, there's three tiers. The first tier is the technician, and that'll do VHF. Second tier is general. That'll do VHF and HF, high frequency. And then the third tier is amateur extra, and that just adds a little more uh, bandwidth on so, so, the so as a dummy, VHF what- tiers. As a dummy who doesn't know anything about radios, what is what is VHF? What is that? What kind of what kind of radios transmit VHF? Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel, from business transactions to real estate lawsuits to contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis' multi-state law practice focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. 
When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamas.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N-V-H-A-M-M-E-S dot com. Offices, Florida and South Carolina. Uh, Most of, like, Police radios will be in the VHF range, uh, and marine marine radios operate in VHF. So these Baofengs uh, we have would <clears throat> would or would not operate in VHF. Baofengs operate in VHF okay. and UHF. Very high frequency and ultra high frequency. Okay. So, quick question: so t- If I was looking into getting to doing some more backcountry hunts, and I wanted to have this radio with me. <clears throat> and use it and have a ham license, what do I need? What license should I get to make it? What What do I need legal. to be legal to use that radio in the backcountry and not necessarily have to be the top tier on that? Do, do I need to be the top tier, or can I get the very first license and, and be just fine with no, all you the radio is, that I would use? All you need is a tech, technician license will do... Everything at, at the Baofeng, you're you're good on that, and any of the HF stuff is not worth carrying in the backcountry unless you really know what you're doing. And that's that's rabbit hole you can go down after you get the tech license and start looking into. Yeah, if it's something you enjoy, you start getting further into it. Yeah, you talk yeah. antenna building and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. You can go and right. like so all you, all you need is a technician, and then you can go out and you can run a Baofeng. And you can talk 1,500 watts on uh, VHF if you want. So, so what's the penalty if you if you want to be a rebel and not have the no, go, let the government know you're doing this? Mm. Well, you gotta Man. get well. Uh, I don't know how much I should say here, but slight, I, <laughs> very little. If you want, I have I have opinions about that. Uh, very little. So the penalty is pretty low. Yeah, I can't go into jail for that. Yeah, and the first time, the the first time, some fanny pack sock wearing fool ain't gonna come track you down the back country either. (laughs) Yeah, so So it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible somebody could buy a radio and have no idea that technically they're transmitting on a frequency that requires licensure, and all they're trying to do is figure out. Hey, man, I'm lost. How do I get out of here? Now, here's the thing, though, too. Yes, that is entirely possible. You can buy this radio here in my hand, the Balfang BFFHHP off of Amazon, and they'll just mail it to your house. They don't require you to prove you have a license to own it. But you're actually supposed to have a license to run that gizmo. Correct. Yeah. Correct. All right. You have to have, you know, GMRS or uh, technician ham to run within the given frequencies for that license. So, um, cause even if you programmed like your regular channels one through 14 in here, you're operating at a, an output level that's too high legally for those. 
All right, so people need to know if you want to do it right, you got You should really go out and get licensed. Right, yeah. But from a practical standpoint, that thing will allow you, if you were in, a, in, a, in harm's way, to communicate that you need help or assistance. But that's right. probably not well, something you should be having extended conversations on. Here's the thing, too, though. If you right, if you had a, a, a radio like this so and you don't have a license and you're communicating emergency, that's perfectly fine. That is legal. Just as if you're, you know, you dial 911 when you're roaming or used to be when you could roam on a cell phone, they wouldn't charge you for that. And what's so or, or dial, to, I say take that dialing 911 without having a phone plan, like a dead phone, it'll still connect to 911, right? It's the same thing if you had an emergency and you had a radio with no light and you didn't have a license and you needed, you know, in in a state of emergency, you can use that without a license. So take if I took take if I took a Baofeng radio and either climbed a tree or got to the most reasonably decent high hill in an area. So now I'm talking over a valley with a reasonably clear line of sight. How long will a with a Baofeng radio communicate? What's my range ballpark? Ten miles, probably. That's pretty good. That's decent. Um, That's pretty dang good. That, you know, valleys notwithstanding. <clears throat> so you know, if you get if you get into a, a high point, as high as you can get, and you and you're kind of in optimal conditions. Um, yeah, I, I I can from my house reach about ten miles with a Baofeng with so, a five watt Baofeng. So, so now that you're a little more than that, you're talking about getting some some height essentially right, and you're talking about valleys. Um, I feel like this is almost where you would bring a repeater in, correct? Because you could have a repeater on a top and be in a valley. Am I wrong? Yeah, so the most important thing in very high frequency, the VHF and the UHF, is line of sight. So being able to see what where the antenna that you're trying to talk to is. Um, and so kind of what, what we do in the backcountry is, you know, we've got repeaters in our trucks that will kind of cross band, and we use those. Um, up there and so talk in on one frequency one channel and it transmits on another channel and we'll park at the top of a hill and run that antenna up in a tree and then we can sit and talk back and forth through that radio in the truck but that'll, the- that'll that'll take the range from probably i don't know uh, five or six miles from a valley to a hill to 20 or 25 miles now, without going and spending all the money to build all that inside your pickup truck with multiple vehicle, you know, mobile radios and antennas and all that, you can spend uh, a lot less money to the tune of like, I'd be willing to bet you could build a repeater for less than 200 bucks with a... Uh, with... Yeah, well, okay. So, the yeah, what you're talking about is the, using the Balfangs and the ammo cans. Correct. And there, there's a, there's a way to do this, and this requires two antennas, and the Balfangs run about fifty, sixty dollars a piece. I think I, it's been a long time since I bought one, but I think about fifty or sixty dollars, uh, and you just set them to listen and retransmit. There's there's settings, and you can find them on, you can Google it. A YouTube you video to, will set you straight on that one. Yeah, it'll tell you how to set the radios up to. To retransmit and all that stuff, <clears throat> repeater. So if you're using 
the repeater for like an emergency situation. You carried it with you, or you had it at the base camp. How how with your handheld? How much does your proximity to that affect the range of the repeater reaching out? Uh, your proximity has almost no bearing. So as, as long as you as, could reach, if you can see it, if you can see the hill it's on, you can reach it. So I'm saying if, if I'm getting at is if you had an emergency, you need it, you had the repeater with you, you could set the repeater up. Does that? Well, the point of if you're standing repeater, right there, does it? Will it still reach further than you could with just the radio? That's my point. No. That's fair. No. No. Okay. So the point of having a repeater is to pick a like a centralized location in your hunt area that's a yeah. high point, and you would set your repeater there so that you could talk to it from several locations within your hunt area yeah. to reach other locations of your hunt area yeah. that you couldn't otherwise so, reach okay. in health. So uh, Briar's question was a, was a fair question. Your repeater is not something that you want to carry with you the whole time, like you said. Yeah, you, though, that, it doesn't, that's it doesn't, why I was asking that. It, a repeater doesn't boost signal; is it retransmits signal? Yeah, that's what I'm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So your your best thing, like if you wanted what Briar, what you're talking about, if you wanted to carry, say, like you'd want hundred foot of a hundred foot of five fifty cord, and then like fifty foot of uh, antenna wire. Yeah. And and then you you could hook that up, yeah, antenna wire up to your bow fang. Yeah, and hook the other end up to your antenna. Throw that five fifty cord over a branch in a tree. So you're extending so your antennas. When you say antenna, drag your, an, drag your antenna up into the tree. That will extend your range significantly. When you say antenna wire, are you talking like I could grab like coax cable that would be no. used for? No, you wouldn't want cable. Coax cable is would you, shielded. You would actually have to go somewhere and buy some like antenna wire. Coax no, cable is shielded, so you wouldn't want no, that. You, you have to use coaxial cable. Um, oh, you would you need, yeah, you need a fifty ohm coaxial cable for, um, for ham radio. And that's probably something well, you can buy on Amazon. I was thinking something, so the shield doesn't affect that, or does that help the shield? Well, your antenna is shielded. The shield is is you you though the cable has to be shielded. Okay. So you're. Your standard like cable TV or satellite coaxial cable is 75 ohm. And that's the 75 ohms is the resistance between the internal wire and the external shielding. Okay. So when you're thinking about a repeater, the easiest way to think about a repeater is like a cell phone tower. Okay. Because if you were to stand here in Florida and try to talk to someone in California, you're not just transmitting a signal from your cell phone to their cell phone. You're bouncing from your cell phone to one tower, to another tower, to another tower, all the way across the United States or all the way across the globe to another cell phone. The cell, the cell towers are repeaters. Yeah. That's what you're getting. So essentially you're building yourself a small cell phone tower. You're building a network. Yeah. Okay. In your, in your area that you're, that you're hunting in. So the technology for cell phone towers came from ham radio. So, uh, real quick, because I was trying to think, I was thinking of something like if you were trying to pack to extend the range of your radio, so you would have to have coax. You couldn't get like a thing of piano wire, a hundred foot spool of piano wire, hook that up to your radio. No, no, you couldn't. But you can get like uh, 
it's RG175, I think, is the name, is the type of coax. And it's really thin. It's about the size of like a number 14 wire. Okay. Just, you know, braided wire. And you can get 50 feet. It's, it's kind of expensive. Probably cost you 100 bucks to get 50 feet of it. Well, I mean, if in an emergency, that 100 bucks could save your life, though. But with that, the antenna that is currently on your bow fang and 100 foot of 550 cord, you could drag that antenna 50 feet up and extend your range from, I don't know, maybe two miles to... He's talking about using the coax 20. between this antenna and the radio, still using the antenna that's attached to the top. Okay. Yeah, You're so just, you take, yeah. This, take this antenna off... Right, this goes onto one end of the coax. The yeah. other end goes on the here. Oh, I okay, okay. Up into the tree. Yeah. I I drag this antenna up into a tree, and now I can talk, and I'll get more range because yeah. the antenna's higher. And so that you know you don't have to carry extra antennas. You've already got one on the radio. Yeah. And, and you're out. And so that would be one way when you're when you're in the backcountry packing that you could extend your range. Which is a very reasonable thing to to. I mean, you're not it's, you're not adding that much more weight by carrying no, that little it, bit of wire. If it's something you're worried about, uh, yeah, you're you're talking it's negligible, maybe. So, what kind of ground? Ounces. What kind of ground are you guys covering when you're running a your repeater setup in the backcountry? And how many guys you're hosting on that platform generally? So the number of, of people doesn't really matter. Uh, I can put as many people as I want on it. You all, everybody has to talk with some etiquette. You know, so you can't talk while other people are talking, just like a cell phone. And uh, that's about it. If you can hit it, you can hit it and everybody can hear you. Uh, we've had up to about eight people run the backcountry, probably about 14 or 15 mile radius from where the repeater set up. And we're, we'll usually plan that repeater setup. We'll come into uh, like pre-hunt planning. We'll look at topography, plan a spot. I'll drive in, set the truck up. We'll pull the antenna up into the air. And then I'll jump in with somebody else and we'll go set up, you know, our primary camps. And then from there, we usually go out and do our, our backpack thing. So but that could be as simple as taking, you know, instead of your truck, you take your ammo can and hoist it up in a tree and tie it off with your repeater set up in it with the bow fangs to, to act as that repeater as well. Yeah. That's so, it. The other, okay. So I'll, I will just say my brother, he's got a, he's got a Tacoma, so he doesn't have room to fit like these big, big ass 110 watt radios. He's got a, uh, it's a TYT. Chinese radio, uh, 9,800 will do a cross band repeat on a single antenna. So you can get an antenna that's resonant on uh, UHF, VHF, you can use one antenna. You can throw that thing up in a tree and it's basically the same thing, but it's a 50 watt, 50 watt retrans. So, and it's 200 bucks. That's not bad. No. Not bad at all. Uh, I'm looking at getting one to put in my rabbit. The rabbit. To retrans. <laughs> to retrans. Yeah. You're going to start backcountry and out of the rabbit? 
Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With dang 50 miles a gallon, I can't blame you. <laughs> Are you going to plan in extra time for that thing to climb a hill? Still do it faster than I will. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a, you know, the, the Volkswagen Rabbit, Jim? Yep. He's got one that, uh, do you still have the cookie sheets for taillights? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, sir. I made tail lights out of cookie out of uh, cookie sheets, and uh, it's a it's a one point five liter diesel, naturally aspirated. Yes, sir. Of course. <laughs> there ain't no turbo on that sucker. It goes about the speed of smell. What year was that thing made? I can't remember the last time I saw a rabbit. The nineteen eighty. Wow! You got it for free, didn't you? I got it for free. Um, I put a, a quart of, of, uh, ATF in it to get it going. So that's what it cost me to get it started. And that started not running. Oh no, it's running now. I've dropped that. I dropped. No, it, I've, it, Okay. I will say, yes, it was a quart of ATF to get it started. It didn't run for very long on a quart of ATF. I put <laughs> diesel in it and drove it down the road. Oh, dang. That's good. So it sat 20 years. I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it, but it did. It didn't take anything to get it running. That's funny, man, because all those like rabbits in those diesel cars all came popular the last time we were having a bit of a fuel crisis. Because diesel fuel was so much less expensive than gas. But since then, they've thrown all these extra taxes and fees on it. And now diesel's more expensive than gas. Right? But you had all kinds of, like car. The French were making diesels. The Germans were making <laughs> they diesels. They still do. Yeah, In but Europe, you don't see Europe, them here. Europeans, they, they, they got a lot of their diesels. Yeah, they, they add those taxes. But the caloric content of diesel is so much higher than gasoline <clears> that it doesn't matter. You still get more mileage per gallon on a diesel engine than you would ever out of a gas engine. All right. We're getting off in the weeds again. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I figured we were cutting this. <laughs> I figured this was going away. So uh, yeah, I was, I was so, talking about uh, diesel calories. So, so, I mean, I got to use as much as I can at this point. I don't know how far in, <laughs> into this I am. <laughs> so, I mean, where, where do we go from repeaters? So that's a great, great question. Once you run out of radio range, because the radio in reality is only going to get you to your buddies. Yeah, it's going to communicate from me to you. Nine one one is not uh, communicate. It's not listening to a radio frequency somewhere, unless right. it's like marine radio, right? So go ahead. Allow me to allow me to say though, when we go to the back country, I'll go up and I'll find the sheriffs that are there. You know, we go up and we're. Uh, maybe 30 miles out of a little uh, county sheriff's depot. I'll get their frequencies online. It's all public knowledge. It has to be. Every every frequency is published. Radio reference. Yes. So I'll go find their frequency. I'll load it in my Baofeng. And you can legally talk on their frequencies in an emergency. So is it so a safe thing... Like when we've talked about planning your hunt, is it a safe thing to probably 
contact that your most local agency and say, hey, no, you don't you don't need to do that. Like you said, it's public information. Yeah, but I was just going to let to let them know, like, hey, we're going to be here. No, you, no. no. Mr. Game Warden, I'll be hunting elk right over here. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to, what he said is legal for you to legally talk to them on their frequency in the an emergency. emergency. I yeah. just shot myself in the leg. I need help. Yeah. <clears throat> this is where I'm at. Yeah. Right. Okay. You, you can. Like, if you feel comfortable and you want to go in there and just be like, hey, I'm going to be hunting up here. I got your frequency programmed in my radio. And in an emergency, I'm going to call you. You can, but it's not. They're not going to listen to another frequency. Right? Yeah. You already are going to talk on their frequency, yeah. so you don't yep. need to let them know. So, what are you supposed to do when you run into the truncated systems where they're encrypted? Do, do, do they still have a frequency that is monitored that's not, or are you just SOL? Like a talk around. Most of them will have a talk around, but the which would be you're talking straight to dispatch which is a problem and it's only a problem because when you're in the backwoods you might be able to reach a car that's driving by and you just be able to get him and he'd be like whoa what's that and so he turns around and he's like who are you what are you doing why are you talking on this frequency right so, so you might be able to hit somebody driving by but you may never ever be able to hit their talk around say, frequency. Yeah, I was gonna say. So when you say talk around frequency, you're talking about this is the frequency that officers may use to talk from, like to BS from cop to cop. Uh, it it talks. Yes, it could be a talk around from cop to cop, or it could be uh, a talk around from uh, like cop to dispatch. Okay. Like I, I know, like a, perfect example, right? There's a all the the frequencies in our area here in Florida, they're all encrypted. Yeah. But there is one FHP frequency that if you listen to it, about every three days something will come across it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but going back to being practical, if you and if you're out there with somebody else who you like, if you and I are in the woods, we want to talk to each other, right? We're gonna have our primary channel, and then if they're static or whatever, we're gonna have a couple backups. And we're going to know exactly what those are. So you and I can always talk to each other. Now, if all of a sudden you're out of range and I get hurt, I mean, hopefully you've already, as Ty was alluding to, you, you've got that, you've got some sort of channel that hopefully is being monitored by EMS. But even if that doesn't work, man, at the end of the day, just start smiling and dialing. Just keep changing, right? Keep transmitting until somebody well, comes back yeah. and says, I got you. At the end of the day, then you move into the tertiary form of communication where yeah. you look at like things like the Garmin InReach or an EPIRB, an emergency personal. Yeah, EPIRBs are normally on boats, but they're still. Sat it doesn't phones. matter. You, you can yeah. carry. Oh, sat phones are ridiculously expensive. Um, but they this, work. I, this, the Garmin InReach, 300 bucks, right? And it's. So the big. Let's cover EPIRBs first. EPIRBs don't generally require a subscription. And they're not, <clears throat> you can use them on a boat, but they do have small, smaller ones that will fit in your pack. Um, and for not having a, sub, a subscription to anything and only strictly using it in case of an emergency, they'll work. You can flip the top, hit the button, and it con there's a it makes contact on a frequency that says, hey, something bad happened right here. 
Yeah. Now I've heard scenarios where that contact didn't get made for somebody who wasn't monitoring it for days. That's, you know, six one way, half dozen the other. I would read a lot of reviews where I went and purchased one to make sure that you're in one that is widely used. A lot of times Coast Guard is monitoring that, which it doesn't matter if you're in Colorado and Coast Guard is monitoring it. If somebody is monitoring it, somebody is monitoring it. Yeah. Right. And they can they can follow a chain to get you help. Now it's going to take you, it could take quite a while. Understand this is not like, oh, yeah, I just dialed 911. They know where I'm at. They're coming. It could be 24 hours before somebody shows up. Is that with the EPIRB? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with the SOS feature on the, the Garmin inReach. Now, the difference is when you're using something like a Garmin inReach, you hit SOS, that is going to get transmitted to Garmin or whoever monitors their SOS, and that's going to get – they're going to use your position to put you to the nearest – to put that into the nearest uh, jurisdiction, EMS and law-wise. Yeah. So they're going to put you directly in touch with someone – after they pick up that SOS signal or put someone directly yeah. uh, you know, to your location. I do. I, I do want to say that it's not. And, and, and to kind of refer back to some of this, um, the inReach is going to be something great to have and you want to have it or even your EPIRB in case of emergency. But if you're using the other steps that we've talked about prior to, um, you may want to think about, trying to reach your buddy who you're talking to through your repeater who also has your Onyx pens that uh, can tell where signal are. So if you can talk, even though you've used your EPIRB or your inReach at that point, if you can talk to your buddy who is okay and he can make well, it to one of your Onyx pens that has signal, that's also another thing you need to try to do as so well. So that, that goes back to like, it, it depends on the state of the emergency, dude. If, if I sprained the ever-loving shit out of my ankle or I broke my foot and I can't walk out from where I am on my own, but if you come help me, we can get back. Or, yeah. like, I just I can't physically, because of the, my injury, I can't carry my pack anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's when, you know, Jim talked about the satellite phone, which is an option. They're not cheap, but you're also relying on someone else having a satellite phone. And also, even with inReach in an area with no cell phone signal, you're relying on someone else having an in reach. Yeah. But that being said, you can take the in reach and send text messages. But the big difference in the, the in reach in the satellite phone, one, you, well, one, you can't make calls through an in reach Two, there is there. The in reach plans are not, you don't have to constantly maintain a, a Garmin in reach plan. I could have a Garmin inReach plan this month and then not have one next month. And it doesn't matter. You pay like a $50 startup fee and then you you can pay for the $15 basic, which allows you to have a few, I'll say it's like 10 or 15 text messages a month. It's not a lot. And they're all pre-saved text messages to pre-saved contacts. And then you can go into the pro plan, which allows you, it gives you a lot of unlimited stuff. Now on top of that, with the inReach, you can get weather updates, and all kinds of stuff. And some of the stuff is going to cost you like, I think weather updates are like 10 cents an update. So you pre-plan, you look ahead and you say, well, this is what my weather is supposed to be for the week. Yeah. Then you're on top of the mountain. You're like, look, man, we weren't expecting rain 
But that heavy thundercloud right there looks like it's about to come in here and wolf up Boom. on us. Ten cents for a weather update. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, uh, I, will say, I will say, though, the, the Baofangs in the backcountry, their weather channels, I have <laughs> never, I have never been in the position in the backcountry where I cannot get a weather channel. I didn't think about that either, but you're right. I've never, never, ever been able to not at least tune in and get weather on the Baofeng. So, and you've got FM radio, but I have been places where I couldn't get FM radio with Baofeng. Yeah, I've I've been there too, but I'm just saying though, the weather, I've I've never seen a place where and I haven't been able to get weather. I'm not gonna lie, when you are bored and you, can, you, you haven't you talked to, to people. Well, I'll say when you're bored, you haven't talked to people and you, you're not, you haven't been able to pick up any kind of FM radio and you get one station. It doesn't matter what's playing. That's some <laughs> damn good music. You always get the mariachis. <laughs> we, no, listen, we were, we were in uh, California in, at Fort Irwin and we didn't, I couldn't pick up FM stations for nothing. And we were bored out of our minds. Irwin. I finally, at one point on the side of the mountain, picked up some like early two thousands pop station. Oh goodness, bro! We were singing Christina Aguilera at the top of our lungs, <laughs> at the back of that Humvee. <laughs> like anything's better than nothing. At and that then, point. and then when we moved, I was like, we, we moved from that location to another one. I, I told the LT, I was like, sir, I, I have some bad news. Like, what's wrong? I was like, we don't have radio signal anymore. We don't, we don't get FM radio anymore. And that was soul crushing. After having that for two days, out of the fourteen or fifteen days we're out there, and then not again. That was that was rough. Yeah. Can you get AM? Got- no, it's only FM. That's too bad. We can't <laughs> can't pick up the old polka station. You know? yeah. <laughs> At that point, you're 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 calling talk radio something good. Yeah. 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 Anything to break yeah. up the monotony. I can so get AM on on my uh, house rig. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. But going back a little bit, I want to take a step back to sad phones too, because we didn't really think about it. A sad phone is not like a cell phone. No. You're not going to get on the phone. You're not going to have your sad phone and call home and ask how the kids are doing. They're basically, how, they're, you're telling me it's not how they make it look in the movies? They're basically no. text machines, right? I mean, you, you send texts and, and get digital reports back from weather stations and th- things like that, right? You're not getting, are you even getting audio off a sad phone? I thought you could get audio off a sat phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You make a phone call off a sat phone. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, most yeah. of what can I'm you, seeing online. Can you like... call home, though? Like, call mm-hmm. a cell phone off mm-hmm. of a sat phone? Oh, okay. That that was my understanding of how sat phones work. Now, this now, is. Let me, let me just say, I can program my radio to hit a repeater to call a satellite, to call a repeater in Florida, to call a station that you're on, and we could talk. So that's one of those deep dives. Listen, that's that's deep that, in the that, weeds. That's a different. <laughs> that's not really a deep dive. I'm just saying it's it's. It yeah, but if you wanted to get into how thing. that worked, it would be. Right, I'm not going to explain it to you, but that is a way. That is a thing. We could be talking on a radio right now. You could do that with a handheld radio. I could do that with a handheld radio. So what is that makes that phone so expensive? Because I see like the cell phone plan. It's the plan because the yeah. phone itself is like three hundred bucks. Or I don't know, Google bucks. it. I was, but no, yeah, but yeah. I mean that that's that's expensive. But I mean, shit. I mean, an Apple phone's a thousand, right? Right. But 
So for three hundred bucks, yeah. Then I imagine I if you're you, having that fifteen minute conversation, you're going to come home and I bet you the credit bet, card's going to melt. I, yeah, I'd be willing. I'd be willing to bet that the plan on that is yeah, well, you're going to pay this much a month to have the plan, and then twenty five plus cents a minute for every minute you're on the phone while you're using it. Oh, twenty five cents. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> that's like, like the that's old cell phone rates. No, yeah. it is, man. The old yeah. cell phone rates used to run like that. Once you went over uh, your, you think again, you can get, you think you can get uh, free minutes after nine p.m. on a satellite phone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I realize I'm the old guy here. When satellite, when when cell phones first came out, you had your your number of minutes that you could talk, right? Oh, so you I might remember. have a plan that yeah. had like two hundred minutes. And when you went over, it was like $99 a minute or something. Oh, I, I remember <laughs> when I when I first got a phone, uh, I only had 250 minutes. And I remember calling the the hotline to see how many minutes I had left to see if I could make a phone call. And then you're like, oh, no, I got to talk to you after 9 o'clock because the minutes are free. Right. From 9 to midnight. <laughs> yeah. or, or I'll text you. And then they started charging for texts. Yeah. Or then you screw up and hit the internet button. Uh, and then you try to back it out as fast as you can before your parents climb up you about running up the phone bill $400 for logging on the internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. America I, online yeah. dial-up. I remember that, man. We used to text all the, that's why texting got so big. Cause it didn't cost half what it was like 10 cents a text as opposed to like a dollar a minute. Right. But we'd text all the time. And then it was like, oh, okay, no, we're going to start charging for that, for that shit too. And then, yeah, get, then you get the, <laughs> now, now the seven hundred dollar yeah cell phone bill. Now it's the data. How much data did you use? Text now, minutes, talking minutes, and text are like yeah, they don't care. I was gonna say I feel How like most people have use? unlimited nowadays. Anyways, yeah. so you're not even worried about data. So I'll tell you this: you know, we talked about the radios and we talked about the inReach and the the SOS feature on the inReach or an EPIRB. And I know that the new iPhone has now has an SOS feature. Do what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 The new iPhone now has an SOS feature, but well, I'm so yeah, I don't now. I, I understand that you have like SOS when you go to log your phone, right? No, 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 no. You have like SOS, like the yeah. inReach has SOS. Yeah, I know Jim. I think Jim was trying to pull up his SOS, which not, is yeah. I can't figure out how to get to it. That's though. not the same SOS. <laughs> yeah, <that's great. laughs> You're talking about like a GPS SOS, correct? Yeah. yeah, like like I pop the so the inReach has on the side of the inReach Mini. You it says SOS. You have to physically open the spot and hold the button down for three seconds. Even then, it's still going to ask you, "Do you want to send an SOS?" And then you click yes, and it sends it out. Mm-hmm. So on the iPhone, yeah, dude, you, you, you can't throw it, on, you throw it on the ground and urinate on it, and then it's like SOS. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is there there is a I'm, there, there's a lot of people backing up the iPhone, but there is there isn't another company in the world who has more satellites as far as gps goes than garmin garmin does. yeah maybe to, global star but i think they're dealing at institutional level to talk about getting the most exact location to where you are the with the iridium satellites garmin even over an eperb is going to be your best friend and as you, when you send that, if you if you can move and you do move, it will still track your movement from here. Yeah, I mean, you're talking 
the, you said the mini was 300 bucks mm-hmm. and right if if i come up with 300 bucks i'm planning to go on this backcountry hunt in 2024 i buy my inreach now and like you said i don't have to have my plan if i want to buy my plan the day before i leave for my hunt but i've had that inreach the whole time that's over i'm at dude i have the inreach yeah. i don't have a plan for it but i have it yeah right i i don't I don't have much of a use for it right now because like we talked about earlier, you know, we, we hunt in areas where the, if you don't have cell phone signal, the radio gets you somebody who does. Yeah. Right. And, but when you're talking about going out into the back country of Montana or Wyoming or something where you haven't seen cell phone signals since three days ago when you left the hard pack, like that's not, and that, is that generally how it is, Tyke, when you're in the backcountry? Like, you leave base camp and signal's gone? Or do you even have signal at base camp? So you're not going to have signal at base camp either. <laughs> no, generally we'll lose signal about an hour before we get there in the car. So that's a hike. Yeah. You're talking, I mean, you're looking at having driven. Four or let's five just days. Est- I was going to say, you're looking at have driven an estimate of 60 miles since you lost signal. If you're uh, no, averaging because, 60 miles. No, I wouldn't say no, that. No, because once you get up into those hills and stuff, you're driving 20 miles an hour because it's so windy and steep oh, okay. and all that stuff. So, yeah, but you're talking probably 20 miles for sure. And then, the you know, probably 10 miles. That you <laughs> That's are, still a long ways walk. to walk to get signal. Right. Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. Talking, you're talking at least 30 miles. Which, but, but how often do you do you ever like get to a point to where you hit a peak and you have cell phone signal at that peak? Or yeah, at, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And that's what I mean. That's what we'll do that because we've got friends that hunt there, you know, and everybody is kind of like crowd sharing like these cell phone pin signal points. Yeah. You know? And so then we got kind of have an idea of where where you've got water and where you've got cell. That's kind of all the the pins that float around. It was like, hey, there's water here in August. It's like, oh, okay, cool. When you're on top of a mountain, water is hard to find in August. Yeah, see, we're talking communication, but I mean, that's that's another thing to be concerned about too. When you're in the back country, is finding well, if you're water. Hunting, if you're hunting deer, right? They need water. Yeah. yeah, that's where you're gonna find the deer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about drinking it. I'm worried about yeah. killing something. Well, I know that's it. what I'm saying now. <laughs> right. So we all kind of crowdsource the water because on the top of a mountain, there's no water. Right. Yeah. That's where the water starts and then sheds goes from down. There. Yeah. And so if you can find water on the top of a mountain, it's a big deal. It's an artesian well, um, and it doesn't happen very often. And so. Yeah, we we collect points like that, and then and then cell phone signal points as well. So, going back to the inreach, I was just looking at the retarded expensive one, the one with the like the all the GPS mapping features and all that. Oh yeah, this stuff. is like the inreach. Dude, even I don't even know pro one, but uh, even that price for that isn't no. bad. This is, I mean, it's set, it's six hundred dollars. There's another one that's more expensive. I don't know. Anyways. This was the Montana 705-inch GPS with built-in Bluetooth. It's got everything, right? I mean, this thing would almost make you dinner. Well, that's how that's how <laughs> this thing works with my phone. 
Yeah. So, okay, this, so it has Bluetooth the too? In, the inReach, don't get me wrong, you, you can send a text message directly from the inReach, a preset message. Call. Well, that's nice. And it says incoming calls and stuff. I mean, you can send, so you can at, send yeah. a, you what can send a text message. The it's in-reach. not a phone. It's an in- inReach. Whatever. You can send a text message from the inReach itself. You can set up like preset text messages in the inReach that I can send out from the inReach without having my cell phone powered on. But this also Bluetooths to my cell phone and will allow me to text a certain certain number of characters message from my cell phone in the Garmin app through the inReach out to uh, like my wife back home. I'm alive. Yeah. Killed something. You know, stuff like that. Like I'm just, I was like I said, I was looking at some of the stuff that it did. Like what I'm saying is, why would it be worth it for somebody to get the the six hundred dollar one versus the three hundred dollar one? That's what I'm. That's what I was doing. Depends on what kind of features you want out of it. I guess. But I mean, I mean, I mean if mean, it takes incoming calls, so he said it, it. It says features, location reporting. Yes, that's kind of obvious because that one does it right. <clears throat> um, alerts, incoming call and incoming text. It doesn't say. Maybe uh, you may not be able to call from it. But like if your wife called you, you, it sounds like you could depend. That's probably all dependent on the plan too. Right. Like you can probably get this in reach and have the same plan on that. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like your main plan that would max that out, you could probably get would be like the base thing for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're you're. It almost sounds like your main benefit on that one is is actually being able to look at your GPS location. Get a call. You can see your GPS location here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see the little tiny screen on it. Yeah. Okay. But this is like maps. It's got topographic maps. Uh, all, all sorts of crap. Tyke, do you have an inReach? I do not. Do not. I Why do not? I have a compass and a map. There you go. And, and good old American grit. <laughs> Do you intend to get one, or you're just gonna stick with your good old American? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not an idiot. Yeah, (laughs) I've been been looking at them. Man, if you're gonna spend the three, just double it up, man, and go for the the Montana. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. But I wonder what the plan costs for that to to be able to do all that stuff that it does. I'm pretty sure they're all the same. Well, you know how they say if you. if there's no price on the menu, you can't afford it. Yeah, pretty much. I, yeah. I found the inReach plans. I can't even find the Montana plan online. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's like we if went to, to ask. we went to lunch today and a uh, company was paying for it and somebody said something about uh, market price and they were like, "Listen, if they put market price, that means it's expensive." Yeah, I'll have that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the company's buying. I'm gonna have the thing that says market price. Yeah. But I think, I mean, that pretty much covers your forms communication, unless you want to dive into smoke signals. That's Morse code, homeboy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's already said he don't know Morse code, so. What is it? Three gunshots. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know, though, man, that would not work here in Florida. No, man, everybody's no. got autoloaders. Wham, wham, wham. Yeah. That yeah, guy's like busting that. up the doves. <laughs> He's crushing it. I can't tell you how many times you sit in the wood and you hear people shoot, wham, wham, wham. You're like, Dad, come to He either missed it or. 
Yeah, I never. I, yeah, I've heard that. That's the dude standing in the backyard. I wonder, I wonder yard. how many times. I wonder how many times somebody's been in a real emergency and just wham, 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 and I'm like, man, tearing it up over there. Yeah. I, I think that's supposed to be <laughs> rifle rounds if you're in the mountains. Yeah. Like, you know. They went. Yeah, you, my, you hear that in the mountains? Your dove gun. Well, you hear that in the mountains though, and then they go, "Ah, he must be from Florida." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those dang out-of-state guys coming in with their guns not even sighted in. <laughs> can't. So from Florida, can't hit anything? Is that... Just from just from the southeast, just going out there with their 6'5 uh, Creedmoors trying to kill elk. Oh, man, I got guys on my lease that think 100-yard shot's a doozy. <laughs> so... <laughs> Listen... <laughs> Like that shit's supposed to be sighted in a hundred, if not two. Yeah, listen, right. I, I was talking to a buddy the other day that is a a guide somewhere, and uh, he was like, "Man, these dudes have been seeing bucks like crazy." He's like, "We had a guy that had a buck in a food plot at two hundred and sixty yards the other day, and didn't take the didn't take the shot because he wasn't comfortable." Well, that's that good. I mean, that's good on him. Yeah, but I'm like two hundred and sixty yards. You ever He's shot like, that it far? was too far. Yeah. yeah. It's good on him for not taking the shot. He wasn't comfortable. Yeah. I know, good on him. But it I'm is, like, but the, the point is like... my bad on him for not being good with 260 yards. Yeah, yeah that's my, what I'm yeah, saying. My 300 window is bullseye at 200. Yeah. Right? Uh, like, I'm not, even, I'm not even getting into Kentucky windy Even yet. if you're only sighted at 100, you're not like... Most whitetail guns, you're, you're not looking at that much of a difference in how far you need to aim up. Uh, depends on what you're hunting with, man. I the old the old six month. If yeah. you're actually even genuinely sighted in at a hundred, if you you know what I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It's good on him for not hey, knowing it, but not for a, for not doing for not, not shooting because he wasn't mag, comfortable. Okay. I don't shoot a seven. Well, shoot a seven oh eight, but seven oh eight is is still better than aught six. At, Briar at over here distance. says not everybody shoots a seven mag. Coming from the guy who shoots a seven mag, yeah, I know. That's why I use that one. And I can talk all the shit on 6.5 Creedmoors I want because I shoot one. Yeah. What I'm saying is not, not everybody. Is it pink? Like No, it's not. Like Google, yeah. the most popular whitetail round in in the United States of America is that's, probably the 30 out 6. Yeah, but that's not yeah. even that's not even a fair that, that's not even a fair assessment. Because the 30 out 6 has been around since World War 2. Uh, no, it's been around <laughs> since all well, 6. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's true. It's been yeah. around since World War 1. Uh, no, has- ought six. That's nineteen oh six, correct? Yeah, or is it yeah. Quite, before slightly yeah. before World War One. So, but my point is, that's not that was the second uh, smokeless six, cartridge they made. Yeah, a, a thirty out six is not going to perform like a seven millimeter oh eight at two hundred and sixty yards. Oh, we can't do this. But regardless, will, Coriolis force. Perform, it will perform yeah. two hundred sixty yards. But most of you guys are shooting a thirty out six. They probably sighted the rifle in at a hundred yards. Yeah, two inches high. You put it dead on at two, and only about uh, one inch low at two sixty. I was gonna say I I won't deep dive into it either. But we've talked about it before, okay. And most of your whitetail hunters are gonna grab their gun. 30 out, 6 be it whatever caliber you have, right? Are going to grab their gun every year and just go out to the field and shoot a deer with it. There's 
more people need to do it and they're not gonna but more people need to do it to actually make sure that it is sighted in every year before you go hit the field yeah yeah right because that guy could have been like hey only two inches and then his gun is no longer sighted in like it was when he first sighted it in and he's gonna make a bad shot you guys got any questions around this thing out communication wise no, but I will say if the guy shows up shooting anything in Craig, forty-five seventy, or, or worse, some of those other black powder cartridge rounds that they've converted over to, if that guy shows up, you know that that thing's dialed in because that guy's had the calipers on every single round, right? You know, yeah, <laughs> he's he's weighed on every single bullet to make sure it's it's the exact same number of grains before he's dropped it in the um, yeah. I mean, I will just say that if you buy the Baofeng. Spend the extra money, get the uh, extended range antenna, and the hand and mic, the hand mic, and the bigger battery. I mean, you don't even need either the hand mic or the bigger battery, but the the antenna makes a difference. The, in the, the range. bigger battery makes it nice because I can tell you right now, <laughs> I bought my Baofeng, charged it, and I have not charged it. Granted, we don't use them that often. But I haven't charged my radio since I bought it. You since since, since the initial charge. I mean, I use it just about every time we small game hunter when I'm out hunting with William or something or talking from here to there. I've talked on it quite a bit. And I ha- I still have like two bars of battery left on it. You need to get one of them batteries for your camera. I have seven. <laughs> I have eight batteries for my camera. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. There is no extended goes, battery for that camera. You just buy a bunch of batteries and check. We go them out duck hunting die. for four to five hours, and he's gone through all eight batteries. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember. well, those were shit batteries that I bought. I bought four more good batteries. <laughs> yeah, the the Baofeng, the radios don't take hardly any power to listen, so you can charge the battery, leave them turned on for like a month and a half, and they won't die. I can tell you for a fact it'll it'll go an entire like twelve hours just straight uh, monitoring a channel all through the night when you get in your tent and forget to turn the police scanner off before you go to bed <laughs> uh, and oh, and it, not even lose a bar. No, it, it'll listen. It, I've I've left mine on um, for for about a month and a half. It'll it'll sit and listen and tell you what it hears for for about a month and a half before you got to charge a battery so and that's 24 hours a day doesn't take any power for it to to listen what's going on when you transmit that's when it kills kills the power any other questions no sir i don't think so i think we're pretty good man closing thoughts um are you gonna be able to edit this yeah closing thoughts Man, just make sure that you do what you think is appropriate for. T- take what we have said and do what you think is appropriate for your hunt where you're going. You don't need an in reach to hunt Nimrod Mars. Yeah. You might need uh, something to contact right emergency services, but you <laughs> might. <laughs> you don't need an in reach. Man, do your research is, is another thing. Right, because as much as we've talked, you can you can do a lot more research and and figure more out for what suits you. Communication be damned. Nothing beats a good plan for when you should be checking in, when you should be showing up. 
nothing beats the good the good float plan per se. Yeah. Because you, you you could reach a point where you are incapacitated. You knock yourself unconscious when you fall. You're not gonna be able to send out an SOS. Yeah, you can't get to your radio, yeah. you can't right. get to your in reach, can't get to your phone. Right. But if somebody knows, hey man, we should have heard from Briar uh an hour or two ago. He was supposed to check in at, at five o'clock and he hasn't said anything. Maybe we should go look for him. Yeah. Communication. I mean, before even, you yeah, leave that's what I'm saying. Communication is yeah. key before you even leave for your hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Tight? Yeah. I, I feel like I've got uh, probably one of the, the best the backcountry, you know, uh, alternative communication plans that, that you can come up with. But I still give my wife a map with the dot on it that says this is where I'm at. She has no idea where that is, but she can take that map to somebody who does. Right. It, it matters, you know, and, and while I'm out there and I'm walking around and I have my copy of the map too, I keep track of where I'm at everything. So if I need to give grid grid coordinates, I can, but I mean, be that not everybody, uh, knows how to keep track of what their grid coordinates are. It's not hard to learn how to read a map and do uh, dissection and resection. I'm sure there's a YouTube video on it somewhere. Yeah, It's not hard to learn. And I, I suggest you learn because I don't carry a GPS with me. I carry Onyx and then a map and a compass. Yeah, so I, I just I do keep track of where I am on a map and compass so I have some sort of a grid coordinate. At least within you know a kilometer of where I am actually, uh, and, that, and, and just doing it for so long though. Also, I think like if I, you know, if I pull up a grid coordinate, and it's like okay, I know I'm wandering off into this grid. I have a pretty good idea, even if I pull the grid or not, kind of where I am, just because, you know, just, that's that spatial awareness. I guess I don't. I don't know. And that that's yet another thing to. YouTube and experience that you could learn. Just learn the MGRS military grid reference system. Be the easiest way to to plot your location on a map. Yeah. Latitude and longitude require some extra tools. Plotting a map, your your grid on a map using the military grid reference system requires a a plastic protractor, a map protractor, not like a math protractor. Yeah. And uh, a compass. Uh, we really need a compass to plot your position. Look, they they designed that so some retard infantryman can do it. it just about anybody can. Briar can talk shit about infantrymen. I, I wasn't an infantryman, but I thought you were. Yeah. He's a mechanic. Yeah, uh-huh. but they're not real can, smart. He can talk shit about mechanics too. Yeah. <laughs> He can talk all the crap he wants about amateur men because he was smart enough not to become one. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> he can say whatever he wants. I really don't care. <laughs> well, hopefully it was informative. We'll catch you guys next week. Tyke, thanks for joining us. Done for.